Father, I just pray that uh, the words I speak may be your words and that they're the right words. Bless them to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my uh, all-time favourite um, Christian artists, music artists, is a guy called Michael O'Martian. Not a lot of people have heard of him, but he was, he was a, and still is, is a, a, a big producer on the west coast of, of uh, America. He's, he's, and he kind of, <clears throat> he, um, he personified this kind of uh, west coast, big, overproduced sound. Um, and, and I listen to him a lot. He's, he's, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing. Um, from the sort of mid-70s to the early 80s. That was when he, he, was, he was active. But he has a song, um, and this is what led me to this, uh, this sermon. Um, I was listening to this the other day, um, and the song's called, I'm Alive and Well and I'm Living in LA. Um, and it goes on. It's a song about the devil. It's a song about Satan. Uh, and it goes, I'm alive and well, I'm living in LA or in anyone's heart that wants to call me by my name. And if you think I wear a red suit, that's fine. But the truth is, I wear whatever suits me at the time. And it goes on in that vein. And, but those, those words um, are what prompted me to think about, about the devil, really. Um, I know it's a bit of a weird thing to perhaps preach about, but this is what God put on my heart. And it kind of, it, it led into us thinking about spiritual warfare. And that's what I want to explore a little bit today. So Michael O'Martian calls, um, in, in one of his songs, he calls the devil the S-way man. Which, I don't know why, but seems like a reasonable name to call him. Um... But there's lots of other names, and I, I kind of, if you go, if you if you do Wikipedia, and you, you type in names for the devil, you, you get an alphabetical list. So here's a few. I'm not doing the whole list. There's a lot. Uh, Abaddon, accuser, adversary, angel of the abyss, Apollyon, Belial, Beelzebub, devil, enemy, god of our age, murderer, prince of demons, ruler of the kingdom of the air, prince of this world, ruler of darkness, serpent. Tempter, unclean, spirit, evil one. Just to name a few. So he's got lots of names. He's got lots of names. And we kind of like that Michael O'Martian song. We tend to kind of peg him as a particular thing in our own minds. And what I'm going to say today is we, we need to be careful of, of that. Of just thinking that he's one particular thing. He changes his name, he changes his, uh, his approach, he changes his, his attack to suit individuals, and we need to be aware. So we are in the middle of a, of a spiritual battlefield. Spiritual warfare is going on all around us. Ephesians 6 says, um, put on the whole armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And it then goes on to talk about the armour of God. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, 
so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. So it's good news that we've got some armour that we can put on, and we'll get to that later on. But it, it says there clearly that the evil day will come. Some say it's here already. But it will come. And I think so many of us as Christians are not completely happy, not completely fulfilled, not completely living the fullest spiritual life that we can because of the wounds that we've received in this spiritual battle that we're all partaking in. And we are, are all in it. You can't just sit on the sidelines in this battle. Um, I'm watching um, a Viking thing at the moment because I like Vikings. Um, and, and the kind of leaders of the, uh, in, in sort of medieval battles, it appeared to me, this may be completely just Hollywood, but it seemed to me that the, the kind of important people, um, once they got to a certain point, would, would sit on the sides and kind of, you know, look on from, down from the hall, from their horses and direct the battle. And they weren't actually doing the fighting. Um, that's not the case here. We have to be prepared to fight. We have to be prepared to put on the whole armour of God and wield our weapons of defence and attack. So you can't sit on the sidelines on your horse and watch other people direct the battle. Let's read um, from the Bible passage that, uh, that we're going to put up on the screen. It's Matthew 4, 1 to 11. Again, Madeline talked about this passage in the All Age Service a couple of weeks ago. Um, and again, I think it's, it's appropriate because it talks about the devil tempting Jesus. So let's read that. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Thank God for that story that shows us in practical terms how we can, or one of the ways that we can defeat the devil, using scripture and being faithful to, to that, uh, that scripture. So we see that in the story of this temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus' divinity is challenged. If you, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. And we know 
in the final verse that the devil fled because Jesus was faithful to that scripture. And I hadn't really thought about it, but I was reading a commentary uh, about this passage, and they pointed out that the, 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 the sentiments in that story are echoed in the story of the cross. And this may be perfectly obvious to you, but it just wasn't to me. Um, the crowd in Matthew 27, 40, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. It's echoing the words of the devil. The soldiers in Luke 23, 37, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And the criminal who was crucified next to him in Luke 23, 39, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But even at his crucifixion, Jesus was being tempted. The devil constantly challenges us and our commitment to the way of Christ. And it's, it's this dichotomy of, of being in the world, but not of the world. And, and I, I definitely struggle with that sometimes. David Watson um, talks about, uh, like it's like a boat. Uh, being in the water, but the water not being in the boat, which sadly is not my experience when I go sailing. Um, I spend most of my time upside down in the water. But that's quite a good analogy, isn't it? The boat's in the water, but the water's not in the boat. And, and, and that's, that's how we should be living our lives. We should be in the world because we need to be part of the world, but the world should not be in us. Romans 6, 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So there's the answer. Christ Jesus fills us, not the world. The water of Christ being in us. We're dead to sin. In, in that same, same uh, book that I was reading, David Watson tells a story of two very devout sisters um, who replied to a party invitation saying that he couldn't come because they were dead. They were dead to sin. And it was obviously going to be a dodgy party. Look, the challenge of the spiritual battle uh, can mean that the devil can get to invade us. 1 Peter 5 verse 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. Now, we're all vulnerable. My, uh, my best man, uh, a guy called Ian Titmus, who, who uh, I, I've lost a bit of touch with, to be honest. It's one of the things I need to, to do is on my list of people to get back in touch with. But we were thick as thieves in, in school and, uh, and, and afterwards. He came uh, to school one day and was very concerned. He wasn't a Christian at this point. Um, he subsequently became a Christian. But he came to school one day um, very concerned because he could suddenly do things that he wasn't able to do before. And it turned out he'd been um, playing around with a, a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. And he was able to make objects move. <laughs> Not on a Ouija board, 
piece of paper in his hand, he could make it fall off his hand. I mean, not by throwing it, but he would just be able to command it to leave his hand. And he was, he was a bit concerned because he said to me, um, I can't control him. Those are the words he used. So it was a great party trick, but he wasn't in control. And it, that was that was the the start of him um, on his Christian journey because when he became a Christian, that all just disappeared. And and we we hear people, don't we, going to spiritualist churches, believing in ghosts, and wanting to talk to their dead relatives, and you know summoning up the powers of, of darkness and all these kind of things. Ouija boards, seances, the whole occult scene. Uh, it's very attractive to some people. It draws people in, but it's its drawing them into a slavery, something that they can't control, because that's exactly what the enemy wants. And freedom from that slavery of, of sin is through Christ Jesus alone. We know that. That's what we've got to hold on to. That's what we've got to fill our lives with so that we can be in the world, but not of the world. And there's lots of examples in the Bible about how people were were taken into slavery, being possessed um, by the devil. Um, Luke 8, 2. Uh, Mary. Some women had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, for whom seven demons had come out. So Mary had been had been possessed by seven demons. Luke 8, 30. Uh, this is the, the famous one about the Gadarean uh, swine. Jesus, I, I used to love that when I was in Sunday school because it meant you could go around going, swine! And it was sort of okay if you linked it with Gadarean. Gadarean, swine! Sorry. Luke 8, 30. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. Luke 22, 3. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. Luke eleven twenty six. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. And that's talking about somebody who was a, a backsliding, had a backsliding heart, was slipping away from trusting in Jesus, from filling his life with Jesus. So I'm sorry to, to sort of paint a, a gloomy picture of this sort of exorcist-like possession, um, indwelling of spirits, but it's real. But here's the thing. We have good news. Satan's power is limited. Jesus got rid of the devil when he was tempted, and the devil left him. And we too have that power through Jesus. Through the Bible, we, we read of Satan's power being limited. Um, in Job 1.12, the Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Luke 10.19, I have given you authority 
to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. So we're, we're being told that through Christ Jesus, we have the power to defeat Satan. Romans 16:20, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand under it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So we know that we won't be tempted more than we're able to bear. We have a strategy for getting out from under the devil, and it's to fill ourselves with Christ Jesus. James says in chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves then to the Lord. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourself to God. It's a kind of strange strategy in a way, that in order to vanquish an enemy, you have to submit to somebody else. But that's what we need to do, isn't it? Revelations 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, earth and sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. I love that verse. So in Christ Jesus, we have the victory over the, the devil. We have the ability to defeat him. We know that in the spiritual warfare that's going on around us, we have a strategy to win. And uh, we just praise God for that. Let's just pray together. Father God, thank you that you have given us the ability to defeat the devil, to defeat the evil one, and to win in the spiritual warfare that's taking place. Father, help us to keep alert. Help us to fill our lives with Jesus, to be in the world but not of the world. And Lord, we just rejoice in the victory that you've already won and that we've remembered in the communion table today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.